1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from the past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on... LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are available uh, on all major podcast platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, Podbay, and speaker i'm miranda morales one of the co-hosts of the lucha central weekly podcast and well it's time to bring in my two amazing (laughs) co-hosts introducing first he is the dashing one mr dusty murphy dusty how's it going today
2: oh it's going fantastic how's it going for you miranda
1: I am doing quite, quite well. Uh only in the sense that uh we are getting close to really the end of the year. It's it's it's
0: yes. it's just crazy uh, how God.
1: fast this year's gone by. So uh that that's why I'm excited. But of course also because of all the lucha news that we have to cover this week. Um, so with that I'm gonna bring in, well, our third co host. Who? Who? Who, Who? Ooh. I'm talking about the one and only Brendan Barr. Brendan, how you doing?
3: Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, you have no idea. I, I, I've waited about 30 weeks to do this very episode. And those of you that are looking at the episode <laughs> numbers here, do the math. You'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> wow. That's big. That's even before we were born. Like as I when we were a gleam in our daddy's podcast eye. You know, it
3: was it was the week we were talking about doing a segment. You know what segment I'm talking about. We'll get to that later. When we started talking about that, that's when I was like this is the one this episode is the one I really want to do. So yeah.
1: well, that, if, if you are not just waiting with anticipation on what that is, and I don't know what else to tell you because that is a cliffhanger. If I've ever heard one, but yes, I mean, of, of course, I mean, we're also writing off the high uh, of last week's episode, which was a lot of fun. Um, and some other things that we have in the works, uh, for, for the future, oh, for the remainder of this year. So, oh, yes, it's, it's a lot going on, but we are so glad that you are listening to this week's show. Uh, just a big thank you. We usually wait until the end of the episode, uh, but I want to switch it up a little bit. Just give a thank you to, uh, all of our listeners, all of our regular listeners who are out there. Uh, shout out to you and, and thank you for your support. Uh, if you are a new listener, welcome. To our humble podcast abode And we are excited that this is the episode that you are joining us uh, on Because, man, again, we got a lot of news to cover uh, And all of it from really all over the place, too I mean, we usually cover the big three or four promotions But this week in particular, we got news Mm -hmm. from everywhere So, you know what? We really do I'm talking about the anticipation. I know you're waiting, so let's get this ball rolling (laughs) with our intro segment, The Road Back to Shows with Brendan.
3: Hey, hey. Uh, So we're going to start off where we always start off, Mexico City, still orange. Um, I'm still not expecting the – when this show goes up, they will have announced what the new status is. I am going to go and say it's not going to be yellow. Uh we're we're gonna stay at orange probably. Uh I don't think they're gonna regress to red anytime soon either, but everybody's been having trouble staying staying safe. We're all getting a little bit of cabin fever and getting a little too close to each other and Mexico City's no <laughs> exception. So um still orange, but other news is happening in in Mexico and around the world for lucha stuff, so let's see here. The Tijuana Sporting Commission had a meeting about how to bring wrestling back, uh, wrestling and boxing back. So they're they're already talking about that area. As um, people uh, that I used to to spend a lot of time with, and some of the Lucha Central guys will know Tijuana's not that f- far from San Diego. So a lot of people back in the day used to do that. So having Tijuana considering doing that is kind of a big deal hopefully you know our government makes it easier for us to do these things if that they allow it but that's where we're at there um Sonora also had a, their boxing and lucha commission also said they were gonna look at shows but they're looking at a drive-in wrestling show so probably ultimately a little bit safer than than just a generic show with random americans showing up we're the worst uh <laughs> Uh, and then uh, so you've got those two areas of Mexico looking at that. Uh, we had um, I'm just going to touch on a little bit of this. We're going to have a little more later. Triple A has made a few big announcements, including uh, a, the possibility of a Triple Mania date, would, which would potentially be December 5th. I don't remember if that was on the official announcement or if that was the,
2: uh, of the official the, yeah. the, the one.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then the, the, a couple other things, but we're gonna, Dusty has that news for us later in the show in the AAA news segment where uh, we recap a few other things as well. Um, but a AAA performer that you are not going to be seeing uh any time this year is, uh, Hijo de Vikingo, who had another interview uh. talking about. I know, I'm sorry.
1: Um, I yeah, about so that like, personally. I want to
2: see him all the time, not none of the a <laughs>
1: Yes. Time. And he yeah. had a hype beginning of the year. Like he Oh my gosh, had a his hyped...
2: appearance on Auto Lucha or not Auto Lucha, sorry. Lucha Fighter. Was uh-huh. I mean that was a star-making performance because yes. there wasn't much wrestling going on and so even those of us that kind of seen him we were real high on him that was a match we were excited about but people that weren't as familiar they saw that and they were like wow you know yeah. that was a game changer for some and-
3: I, I I with you guys it's an odd time but I mean he's doing it for really the best of reasons he has a new baby boy or he has a new baby I'm gonna I thought it was a boy but I didn't I don't want to be misquoted again. Uh, and, uh, and so he's taking time off to focus on being a father before he comes back to wrestling. So there was a little interview about that recently. Um, it, it was rumors before. Now that he said it in an interview, I figured I'd make it official and say it on the air. I'm disappointed too, but at the same time, congratulations on being a father. That's really awesome.
4: uh, Felicidades.
3: Um, and then, uh, ROH and some press releases has some Lucha news now, too. They have said that they are hoping to have Dragon Lee and Roosh at a couple of the upcoming tapings. They said this in a, a Wrestling Observer article. So those of you who worry about the credibility of our sources, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about how how good or bad their, their total track record is, but that seems like good. they would. Yeah, they're pretty good. All right. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, then we're, we're gonna have some more, have some more bad news on, on shows. We're just gonna have kind of a lack of Friday night wrestling for a while. CMLL has, uh, not re-signed with, uh, with, 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 uh, Ticketmaster for the Friday night iPay-per-views, and they've said they're not even gonna be filming for at least three weeks. So, uh, we're looking at, November twenty-seventh is the next YouTube is the next show that'll be it'll probably be a YouTube show and not a i pay-per-view, but I could be wrong about that. Um and then then they they'll address December from that point there. But uh you know, it's it's uh unfortunate to not have CMLL doing anything but I, I like that they're kind of re- stopping and reassessing because I don't think that the IP preview model was going to be sustainable for much longer
2: the price was a little high for the yeah. average fan too it mm-hmm. took like a hardcore yeah. fan at that price point yeah um, especially in Mexico where the economy is doing even you know less well than the United States that's quite a quite an right. investment Fair for, point. for yeah. what ended up just being a regular Friday night show
3: Oh yeah, exactly. It's if if you were getting pay per view quality, you probably would have had more people excited to spend their hard earned money on that. But you were getting a regular Friday night show, uh, and to your point, not everybody in Mexico in particular can can afford to do that every week. Uh, I I was okay with doing it because I want to support all kinds of wrestling, and that's that's what I do. But uh, I wasn't gonna keep doing it if they. Putting up the quality of shows they were putting up, they're good, but they weren't great. And right, and uh, you know, I enjoy my Friday night, my Friday night uh, CMLL. But they were also putting up a free show on YouTube, and and that was just as good for me. All right, so that is my road back to shows. Um, all in all, it's kind of a an upwardly good one. Even the the majority of the bad news was for good reasons. So. Uh, you know, I feel like we're, we're doing good this week.
1: Yeah, well, you know, uh, and, and good point to what you were saying as far as like the story with Ejolded Vikingo. We may continue to hear stories like that, uh, mm-hmm. but before we kind of <laughs> jump the gun, and try to get some of those facts as to, you know, why some luchadores are making the decision to wrestle or not to wrestle at this time. So mm-hmm. that was a, a very good lesson in that particular story there. Um, but next up, Brennan, you're taking us on the Indie Roundup, letting us know what's happening in uh, Lucha Libre independent scene in Mexico.
3: Yeah, I, I'm just doing a couple quick ones. Again, I will say this at the beginning of the segment. I'm always happy. To uh, to receive uh, any any links or notifications for indie events to watch things, um, there's plenty of, of room for me to put the put up results or on my Twitter or, and maybe read them on the air. I'm gonna go with a couple of the bigger ones this again this week. IWRG had their Castillo del Terror. Uh, they had a couple of really good matches in the undercard. If you get a chance to watch the those matches when they go up for free, I do recommend them. But in the semi main we had capo mayor us uh, and super beast against dr wagner and he de oscaris uh so, so there was a little bit of an injury um capo mayor who used to be mascara uh, 2000 junior uh wound up winning kind of shorthanded which always makes for a fun story and then uh afterwards uh the he and uh, and wagner started uh having words and asking for a hair versus hair match, which this is the time of year where we start hearing a lot of people challenging for hair versus hair matches. Although any of them involving Dr. Wagner always get me to pay attention because <laughs> I, 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 he's always so fun to watch in those matches that, uh, I always, I'm always paying attention. Even if it's on the, it could be in a tiny little show in the Yucatan. If he's putting his hair on the line, I know something. Yeah. That's gonna happen. <laughs> And then in the main event, there actually the the match that the event is named for, the Castillo de Terror match, Capo del Sur was unmasked after uh, being defeated as the, the last person defeated. So this is a little weird to some American fans, but in this event. Uh escaping from the cage early is good. If you're the last person in there uh when everybody escapes or you get pinned because you can do a pinfall on the last one, you're the one that loses your mask or hair. So uh th- everybody else was less significant in that it in that everybody wanted to see Capo del Sur, whose real name uh is Jose Luis Hernandez uh so now we we know that we will have to figure out if that's the name he wants to to keep performing under, or if he's going to come up with something different this has been a thing that we've talked about uh in our in our this week in lucha libre segments these these uh these apuestas matches can redefine a person's career and so this this is an exciting thing they do every year uh i'm interested to see what he does because Uh, usually IWRG sets uh, people to do to become bigger and better when they lose in this kind of a annual match where there's something big on the line every year Uh, also involved were Hijo del Abrije, Capo del Norte Galeno del Mal, the Tiger Emperador Azteca and Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr. Hijo del Spectro, Toxin and Aragon so it was a loaded match with lots of exciting young talent and honestly i was i wasn't sure who was gonna i mean there's a lot of potentially good candidates for losing a mask out of there that could really be catapulted by it but uh there we go we got we got Kepo del sur uh fantastic match again this one was on uh on uh, uh on the mass Lucha pay pay channel. So you will probably see individual matches from the car turning up over the next few weeks. And the main event will probably turn up sometime uh, about four months from now when they're trying to promote their next really big event. <laughs>
4: uh,
3: uh, and I didn't, I, I made one tiny mistake here. I had, I had a Lucha time event and I didn't put all of the, uh, all of my notes down on it. They had more escapades with Zoro in the main event. Um, this time it was the old-fashioned, traditional Zoro, and uh, he he uh, interrupted the 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 match again, and sat down, and everybody cleared out, and Zoro they ended with Zoro just basically sitting alone under the light on the camera, and I don't I the. Forgot to get all the 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 names of the participants down because I was doing too many things at the same time. But uh, again, I love what Lucha Time is doing. They're gonna they're gonna keep me intrigued with this for a while. I'm a fan of Zorro. He he came up last week and uh, this week in Lucha Libre, and then he we will be referencing some of his other characters later in the show because uh, they've been using the um, the the. Ah, uh, just shot right out of my head. The uh, La Parca Negra character in AAA, which was mm-hmm. a character he originated. So, uh, they, you know, you're getting for a smaller promotion, you're getting a big name, and you're getting a lot of guys, younger guys that are putting on big, big matches. So, they, the, these guys are looking like I said in in the news before, doing some US tours So I'm keeping my eye on them, and we definitely want to keep having them pop up in the indie roundup so keep your ears open right now we're still the only ones talking about lucha time and that's really surprising to me
2: <laughs> number one lucha time news source
1: yes <laughs> still keeping that up
2: week to week all across the planet we are your number one lucha, <laughs> lucha time news source
1: mm-hmm. i mean I, that's I, that's I, literally just a fact that's
2: yeah
4: it is a fact <laughs>
1: Undeniable. <laughs> well, you know, big thank you to Brendan who always kicks off our shows with this week in lucha. Or I kept jumping around uh, with yeah. the road back to shows and our indie roundup. I got ju- jumped ahead. The yeah. Spoiler I, alert! I, there's something I, big happening with with this week in lucha libre. Oh, uh, just I, also,
3: oh, I, did. I also mentioned <laughs> it like three times during this segment, so you know this.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. you know, just, just putting it out there. So keep, keep on listening because we got some fun stuff with this week in Lucha Luda history. But in the meantime, we're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo with this week's Lucha Central Central.
4: Why
2: should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude.
1: Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com
0: Tuesday nights live, it's Wrestle Boss, where Favi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show, La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez, as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective.
1: A big thank you, as always, to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening in the world throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Up next, Dusty, let us know what happened this week on SmackDown and Raw.
2: Yeah, all in all, we kind of had a disappointing week for Lucha fans in WWE, at least as far as Lucha action goes. But in a small amount of good news first, WWE superstar Andrade and Grand Metalik both had birthdays this week. Andrade yeah. turned 31, and Grand Metalik turned turned 32. Both of them on November 3rd. Interesting coincidence there. Thought that was cool, so I thought we'd wish them a happy birthday. Started <laughs> off on a positive note. And Absolutely. Yeah. yeah,
3: and, and I, I saw on pictures of the Sombra
2: cake, which was
3: amazing.
4: <laughs>
2: yes, that was super I need to have them make my cake next year. Yeah. Like, that was, <laughs> right? I loved it. But on TV this week, we had SmackDown. And first, the, like, the only really lucha content for us on SmackDown right now is the Familia Mysterio. And they had Aaliyah show up for a quick moment backstage with Murphy, where he announced he was going to apologize to Dominic and to Ray. A little while later, Murphy's in the ring. He's trying to apologize. Ray and Dominic just will not come out. But Seth Rollins will, and he gets real with Murphy. And he tells him after everything that happened, the Mysterios just aren't going to accept him or forgive him ever. But Seth will. He'll let him come back, like always, and he'll welcome them both into the fold. It doesn't matter who Aaliyah's dad is, what her last name is. They can both come join Seth. And that brings Dominic out to fight, and Murphy joins in. And then Dominic starts to fight Murphy, and then Ray runs out to get involved. And just when they were ready to hit Murphy with the 619, Aaliyah jumped in the way to protect Murphy and then refuses to leave with Ray and helps Murphy while Seth giggles and looks evil. And so, like, we don't know if this is part of Seth's plan, if Murphy's still working with him, what the deal is. But it's interesting. Uh, Lots of storyline there, but no action. We had the same thing on Raw on Monday. Angel Garza had a vignette where he came out and said that even though we're far apart, what we feel when we see him is real, and he feels the same way, and he wants us to know that even when we can't share time together, we can share the same intimate feelings about each other. Then he held up the rose and said the rose was for the us, and it was my understanding it was to the WWE universe. I thought they were going to pull away and show he was you know, talking to a mirror, but no. And- <laughs> I mean, it would have been way
1: better, actually.
2: Yeah, I thought it would be
4: brilliant.
1: What's the best, best turn, you know, outside of the ladies? Is is he's in love with himself? Yes. That's well, that would be perfect.
4: Also, because we Garza. all know like,
1: he's, he's, <laughs> we also know he's married. So, like, suspension of disbelief yeah. can only go so far, but you know. It could be like, you know, Lex Luger 2.0 as far as, you
2: know, the vanity. <laughs> be, he's a, he's handsome enough to pull it off, and I'd be up for anything that gets him more TV time. Absolutely. And yeah. then, speaking of short amounts of TV time, we had Lince Dorado and Grand Matelique. They were backstage talking about the 24-7 title, how they were going to go find new tramp Drew Gulak, but they crossed paths with AJ Styles and his new bodyguard, so they said they'd go the other way and find Drew and that was it. Like, in 2020, that's how they're using, like, four of the best luchadors in the world right now in WWE. There no lucha action. Everything is storyline. Lindsay and Grand Metalik have been kind of turned into, like, a humorous storyline. Not much humor in it, but humorous, I guess. They're and trying, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're trying their best with what they've been given. But I was doing some research, and I found that on YouTube, the segments with Aaliyah and Dominic in and raids against Seth and Murphy, that the, like the storyline segments on YouTube routinely get 2 to 5 million views. And the wrestling segments routinely get 1 to one 1.5 million views. So somehow the story is more important and more relevant on social media and getting more eyes on it than the actual action. And so I think that's a big part of what we're seeing Mm -hmm. involved. And then there was an interview with Aaliyah where she came out and said, you know, she had no interest whatsoever in being a wrestler. And that she was just there and they just kind of wrote her into it. And that she was going to go to college and be a doctor. And so, yeah, it's just kind of interesting what they're doing right now. That everything isn't really wrestling focused. That it's all storyline focused, all entertainment focused. So, uh
3: I remembered a thing from ages ago. I don't remember exactly the uh, the date on it, but it was when <laughs> WWE.com had um had the had the ECW imprint. That's the only way it really way I remember the time. They had an online survey that you could take about what do you want more of in WWE, and a lot of the questions really Tilted towards do you want this to become more like a soap opera with drama and telenovela sort of storylines and I remember very distinctly that that was um, kind of the direction that the voting seemed to go as they so so since 2000 something. They've been kind of shifting that direction, and um, and these YouTube ratings are kind of supporting that. That's what what more mainstream fans seem to mm-hmm. gravitate
2: towards. So, and and of course, if, SmackDown's on you know regular yeah. yeah. over the air yeah. television, so they want to, you know, maintain that mainstream viewership, mainstream interest higher yeah. than they would on. Raw, for instance, but even on Raw, they were one of the highest-rated segments routinely. People are really into the story of it, but not as much into the in-ring action. Which that's what draws me in is I like the wrestling, and the story supports that rather than vice yeah. versa. But yeah. WWE has really turned that table, especially with the luchadors. We get far more lucha entertainment than lucha wrestling. Correct. So it's
3: yeah, it's a weird double-edged sword for me because hey, the Mysterio family are in the highest-rated segment in all of the WWE right now. Mm -hmm. And and that's great for them. That's exciting, yeah. Right? That's very exciting, and it's not a terrible story. The Lucha House Party are in one of the worst-rated segments and are kind of directionless, and those are guys that could be doing... So much more if they were to focus on wrestling instead of bad comedy.
2: And Can you so, imagine five no. years ago when we were seeing Mascara Dorada that this is what they were going to do with him? No, like no. I I could have <laughs> never guessed. I mean, like that that is not the guy that,
3: yeah. that went to the the Cruiser Cup Finals. Yeah, you know, no. he, he's
2: um, literally one of the best in the world, and he's just standing around in the back to be on TV yeah. for 30 seconds. <sighs> yeah. I'll, just, I'll get. Yeah, I'll the get, state of Lucha Libre and the state of the Luchadores in WWE, I think, is at a very strange, kind of interesting, but very strange. I don't know that we've ever had such consistent lack of action, but consistent storyline placement for Luchadores as we do right now. And that's strange, too.
1: Yeah, well, you know, WWE ultimately is that blend of entertainment and wrestling and always the emphasis they place on wrestling is kind of more of those big Matches uh, with the type of people that they think or, or wrestlers that they really think capture people's attention. Now, I think what capture people's attention varies now than it did 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, yeah. So I do think there's much more of a place for Lucha Libre because there is a, an audience that wants it. However, I don't think that WWE still views it that way. And so they're still looking at the entertainment value being just on par with wrestling, where in, as fans, we usually think that the entertainment value is more of a subsidy and wrestling takes more of the, the forefront. Um, right. and, and for WWE, it's more on an even playing field. So, um, it, it is very interesting and, even then you know i think that the development in the mysterious storyline now where we have very clear uh indications now of where they're going with this kind of not kind of with this romantic angle that too um really then one it's going to keep on going for a while and two um you know, it, it does mean that it's going to continue to have a, a lot of air time. Um, and, and this will be a very different dynamic of the Mysterio family than I think we've ever seen before. Um, so, but also, yeah, on the other side with... Uh, raw we have lucha house party and more of a gimmicky uh storyline with the the 24 uh, 7 title and uh i feel like they're probably going to get involved in that uh, yeah, for a while so
2: yeah i don't it, think it, there's any chance of them suddenly yeah. becoming legitimate yeah
1: no so you know it, it's a mixed bag of things and but i also i overall agree that it's it's not on par to the level of athleticism that they have and why that isn't showcased more um But I think to all of your points, too, you know, uh, Fox is, is, you know, a wider distributor of TV content um, and probably does want more storylines. Raw is three hours, so you've got to figure out what you're going to do with all of that.
4: Oh, Um, 100 percent. And I think
1: ultimately WWE always will have a preference for the bigger, taller guys in those brawler type of matches and maybe not as much on the Louisville. style um, which is kind of disappointing because we saw the success i mean of not to go back to it but to go back to it how successful it was for wcw back in the day when they had three hours of content so if 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 wwe could do something similar they know that was one of the few things that wcw did right so why not (laughs) model some of that in your programming
2: And I think people are still consistently hungry for that WCW style. I mean, the Cruiserweight tournament proved that. That was, you know, Mm -hmm. well-received. Early 205 Live was extremely well-received. So they have the ability to do things like that. Uh, Ali was talking about that in an interview lately, that if they would send Rey Mysterio to 205 Live and send the Murphy um mysterio storyline over there that it would instantly legitimize 205 live and make all of those guys more legitimate instantly if they would just transfer that storyline over and they haven't and so i think it shows that they have an investment in people like ray mysterio but don't necessarily have an investment in providing the in-ring content that i mean no offense to their acting abilities but these like especially Grand Metal League these aren't the guys you hire for their promo or their screen ability you hire these guys because they're fantastic athletes and yeah I just I've been disappointed with the lack of lucha action WWE yeah. lately and especially now that AEW is doing you know a better job all the time of giving us lucha action throughout both of their programming and I mean even more coming soon, so it's exciting to see. And speaking of AEW, we had Dark this week with John yeah. Silver, number four, Colt Cabana, and number ten, The Dark Order versus Sean Dean, Cesar Bonani, and Fuego Del Sol. It was a great match. Teamwork was the name of the game in this match. Consistently and constantly, the Dark Order just worked together with precision, and they just flat-out out-wrestled the team of Sean Dean, Benani, and Fuego Del Sol. But still a great match, and if you're a Dark Order fan, this is the kind of match you want. Frankie mm-hmm. Kazarian had a match afterwards. Dasha Gonzalez was interviewing him, but our boys, the hybrid and Angelico and Jack Evans ran in and attacked him from behind before Christopher Daniels ran in and threw him out. I'm always excited to see more tag team development. I love TH2. I just wish we got more of this on dynamite, but I'm grateful that it's there on dark to kind of set up the storyline and the, Every week, you know, we're seeing more and more TH2. And anything that brings more Angelico and Jack mm. Evans to my TV is a good <laughs> yeah. thing. Yes. So yes. I'm, I was excited about that. And then... We we had our main event. I'm actually putting it next instead of last so we can discuss the tag team match next. But this was an awesome match. We had Sammy Guevara defeating Lee Johnson. We all knew that Sammy would win because Lee Johnson never wins. He has never won a match. But he still looks good, and he has a special way of making his opponents look great, and Sammy looks amazing. Sammy won by hitting a twist of fate on Johnson to poke at Matt Hardy before their match this weekend at Full Gear. So that was a nice bit of storyline development. But again, I feel like it would have been better served, uh, you know, at some point on Dynamite because we've been kind of rushed back into that. And, but I'll get to that. But our final match on the dark that we'll discuss was Jurassic, Expar- Spre- Jurassic Express with Marco Stunt versus Danny Limelight and Casey Navarro. Uh, Limelight is not only quickly becoming a regular and dark, he's quickly becoming one of my favorites. We all love him. And when you're explaining (laughs) Jurassic Express to people, this is the match to show them. Jungle Boy is amazing. He turns Jungle Boy up to 11 on this match, and he's just insane in the ring. Luchasaurus was like a bare knuckle brawler Turned up to 11 He just looked brutal It was an awesome, awesome match Yeah. And Casey Navarro is Diamante's brother So that's kind of a cool tie-in to the whole thing And, you know, nice having little, a yeah, Family yeah, tie-in,
4: for sure A yeah. family reunion yes. on the and, show. That, and
1: it's big for for Casey I know he's very active on the East Coast um, and, and has a really big fan base. Danny himself also is West Coast. So you got that East Coast West Coast connection working in this match. Um, <laughs> but they had the, they had themselves pretty good chemistry as well.
2: They really did. Um, I mean, it so, was very impressive for a first yeah. time pairing. Yes, like they,
4: Yeah.
2: I mean, they wrestled like a more seasoned tag team, and this was a an incredible match. This was the match of the night for me easily on Dark. Awesome match. Everybody should check it out. It's free on YouTube. Like, no reason not to check
4: it out. Yeah,
1: it's a, I just have to echo that the match itself was really awesome. And just to see, uh, I mean, of course the Jurassic Express, I mean, they continue to have some of the funnest matches in, in all do. of AEW. Yeah. And I'm so glad that they have, uh, this company in particular to showcase that because we even talked about right now with, with, you know, WWE and, mm-hmm. and them not really giving You know, uh, people time to have these kind of fantastic matches. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's one thing AEW does well, even if it's on a format like dark. Um, but also for people like Danny and Casey to have, you know, uh, avenues to, to work for the company. Mm-hmm. But I, like I said, I, I know there big fan bases of both who were very happy to see them on dark. And that is kind of one of those funner things about dark is the, the way that they showcase talent from across the, the independent scene in the U.S. And even though you kind of know how these matches go, it still is very cool to see them work so well, um, yeah. and, and so you know, uh, still just big kudos to to this episode of Dark, but in that match in particular.
2: It it was just amazing. And like I say, you know, like when you want to explain Jungle Boy to people, that's the Jungle Boy of this mm-hmm. match. When you want to explain Luchasaurus to people, that's the Luchasaurus of this match. But they couldn't have done that without Limelight and Navarro. Like those guys were in, essential ingredients in that to making it work because you have to make your opponent look good. Yeah. And they really did a fantastic job. And this is an excellent match. And speaking of the kind of independent people, independent wrestlers that get featured in AEW. The next night on Dynamite in the crowd, we had American Kaiju Lindsay Snow. Yes! Yes.
4: Crazy! I I
2: know! I'm so excited! I don't know if it's just a cameo, possible hint to her showing up on Dark or Dynamite. They
4: They need need some women's
2: wrestlers and they need the American Kaiju. They need the American
1: Kaiju. (laughs) What campaign? What kind of... What kind of flyer do I sign? What position <laughs> do I sign in order to to vouch that because they need the American Kaiju Lindsay Snell on the AEW women's roster. They I do. I have
3: I have every confidence they're going to put her on TV and once they or sorry on Dark uh, and and once they do they it's it will be undeniable. She's just got oh such star gosh,
2: power. Such- Cool look, you know. yeah, and the charisma, and she she's got the, everything that's necessary, and she's one of the few that I'm surprised aren't more important on a national level. So I think this will open that up pretty immediately. And.
3: Yeah, she's just been waiting on a break, as I can tell. She, mm-hmm. So so like having her on camera means that there she's talking to somebody, and it's just a matter of time. So you know either there or on primetime live, which we're going to talk about later, we're going to see her and she's going to break out. And, and I'm okay with either of those choices.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. Yeah. I am so excited to see that. And in, in ring matchups and dynamite this week, we had the big, MJF and Wardlow versus Inner Circle thing with Sammy Guevara and Ortiz versus MJF and Wardlow. And I know I use the phrase a lot, but Sammy really looked like a star in this match. He is so close to being the guy. Like, I know a lot of people talk about MJF and they think MJF is going to be the next big guy. But I think Sammy's is going to be the first big homegrown-ish star for AEW he reminds me of like a nation of domination era rock, you know, like when he had a team of older, more seasoned guys with him to kind of help him. And that's where Sammy's at. And I, I mean, like he's the standout young guy. I think he has the ability to be more than wrestling someday. And he's going to be one of their biggest deals. Like I, Sammy is so good. Anyway, after like throughout the match, he he was just fantastic. He had, there was another fun Lucha-esque spot towards the end of the match. He was on the outside, and he was kind of fighting with Serpentico, and Serpentico, you know, he was there to distract him. But it wasn't Serpentico. He removes the mask, and it's Matt Hardy stealing a maze from one of the most tired tropes in all of wrestling. And then Matt, like, tosses a chair at Sammy, hits him in the face, MJF hits the salt of the earth on Ortiz and then refuses to break it after the bell, kept working the arm for several beats. Afterwards, he attacked Jericho at the announcer's table, but in my favorite moment of the whole match, Aubrey Edwards was not only able to push Wardlow back, but to pull MJF off of Jericho by herself. And that was both funny and it made her look badass, so I liked mm-hmm.
3: that. <laughs> she's really, I mean, she really is that that strong. She's, she's a, that. a muscle
2: monster.
1: You don't need <laughs> to suspend my disbelief on that. I, I, just, I just straight up believe
2: it. She looked so tough. I mean, she looked as tough as any of the wrestlers last night, and I liked that. I like a referee that's not afraid like that and will grab some of the biggest guys and fearless. It was so cool. And then and my favorite... Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 keep going. I'll uh, my, kind of swing back around. Keep going. My favorite part of the whole night, though, they announced F- Phoenix versus Penta El Cerro Miedo 2 next Ooh. week on Dynamite.
1: Numero yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes.
4: El dos.
2: And El siguiente. So exciting. And, but, yeah, aside from that, no real lucha stuff going on this week for Dynamite. But we do have full gear this weekend. I feel like they rushed the build to that that like it just didn't feel very important full gear this time comparatively, but we have Sammy versus Matt Hardy again. Um no mm-hmm. stipulations this time as there were last time. Right. The, there's been a stunted build because of the injury and I just don't even know if people still care about this feud after the injury. So
3: so this is why I figured I could swing back around 100% with Sammy looking amazing in that match and then the the run-ins that they had between uh him Hardy during the uh the the uh private party match and, yeah. well the, kind of, to for a little bit of the build they're trying to make him look big so that he can be a big credible star on that uh they he's it, so that was kind of the point that I was going to make here is MJF is a known quantity. They know he can be big anytime they want to give him the trigger. Jericho just needs to get out of the way and MJF will be that guy. Yeah. But by putting by putting Sammy in this spot where he's working with Hardy and he's working with Jericho and he's working mm-hmm. with MJF and all of this he is, they're making him so that he will be that okay. guy at that next yeah. level. Yeah, he, he's uh, going to be the mm-hmm.
2: next the guy.
3: Yeah, yeah, I and uh, I, it just seems like everybody believes in the, in that, and uh, I think that's what we're going to see coming out of this. We haven't gotten a lot of build up for their match at Full Gear, but uh, because we haven't gotten a lot of hype, and and the you've got two guys that can do some great things, I think we're going to see uh, an attempt at show stealing, and oh, uh, yeah. based on. Yeah. Based on a Twitter comment, I'm wondering if they're going to maybe do this a little more cinematic, too, because... Well,
1: yeah, because I was going to ask if it's still being called the Elite Deletion Match. Yes.
2: Yeah. Right. Yes. So, and I've also heard it's going to be at the Hardy Compound. So, yeah, they the, yeah. yeah.
3: That was the tweet I was going to refer to, is Matt said... I'll see you at the compound this weekend on Twitter when he's and with a tag to Sammy. So it sounds like that they're going to do a cinematic match instead,
2: which... Uh, Much better. Yeah. I was so worried for Matt Hardy. We, pay, we bought the pay-per-view. We watched it live. And I oh. thought he died when his head... I was like, oh, no. Yeah. You know, and, like, it was really scary. And so, you know, I think a cinematic match, especially for his first match back, is a lot better. <laughs> and uh kind of helps protect him but it also gets people used to seeing him in action again mm-hmm. and yeah and they've completely overhauled their medical Team and everything now, and they have an <laughs> yeah. independent third party. And, Good. Yeah, well, so you know, yeah. it's
1: it's lessons learned, and so. But yeah. I I also agree. Maybe a cinematic match is a lot better suited for them after what happened last time. 100%. That it's a lot safer. Yeah. It's going to be perceived and and received better. um And that too, I mean, that that they can have more precautions, especially for Matt, if needed. Um, and, and Sammy's good at that stuff, too. I mean, that's one of the things, is that Sammy's very mm-hmm. talented as a wrestler, athletically, but he also has a great personality, you know? So I do think that in in the sense that, um, you know, with, with cinematic matches, you usually have to pull out more of your character and, and kind of shine that more. So I do think if yeah. they are going that route, it's going to fit Sammy very, very well for him as well. So I think it's a win-win for both.
3: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be, like like I say, this is the beginning. This is the Nation of Domination era rock. We're already seeing him on his way up, but he's going to be the guy very soon, and I can't wait. But speaking of Wednesday nights, now Miranda, I think you have some NXT news for us from yes. NXT's show, yeah. Yeah.
1: So kind of in the same tone as we've been talking about, not a whole lot of lucha action, and and we're still having the hangover from Halloween Havoc last week, <laughs> which was amazing. Oh uh, yeah, it was amazing, but not a lot of lucha libre content. Um, This week we did start off The first match of the night Dakota Kai uh, With Raquel Gonzalez Defeating Ember Moon Um, We just saw Raquel Moore just as accompanying Dakota um, uh, But Dakota Did win and did defeat Ember Moon So we uh, Don't know it kind of Sounds like based off of uh, two Things that happened later on in the show Uh, We may not be getting that Raquel Gonzalez Rhea Ripley rematch uh, At this time
3: Yeah. Yeah. Not quite yet.
1: Not quite yet, but uh, (laughs) uh, the uh, fourth match of the night uh, was Tony Storm versus Shotzi Blackheart. So this was Uh a match that Mr. Regal let Shotzi Blackheart pick herself. Um, as a thank you, or as a token of appreciation for hosting Halloween Havoc, or even just a residual, Shotzi's choice. Uh, I'm not quite yeah. sure. <laughs>
2: um, I, I prefer Tony, that because that's what right? I wanted to see on the wheel. Yes. Yeah, with Shotzi's yes. huh. choice.
1: <laughs> um, Tony Storm ended up with the win, um, but that was because uh, Shotzi Blackheart was distracted by Candice Loray when Candice was up on the screen with Shotzi's tank. Out in the middle of the road. This is an um, outrage.
4: <laughs> an know, outrage. The, the, uh,
1: the, the distraction happened while the match was happening as far as Candice uh, interrupting. Um, Tony picked up the win, but then uh, continued on after the match where Candice Lorray was, you know, supposedly trying to help protect Shotzi's tank. But... A car pulled up, and well, wouldn't you know, it was actually Candace's ride. And Candace ended up uh, almost steamrolling because she had a big truck, big something, <laughs> <laughs> ran so over Shotzi's tank, the the infamous tank that she's brought to the ring many a time. Wow. And this um, seems no, to be. A drink. Drink.
3: Everybody loved the tank except maybe Robert Stone. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. It's the only person, but that tank happened.
1: made Robert Stone. He, yes, it mean. made
2: him a star. That,
1: that tank made him a star,
2: <laughs> it so did more for him than the golf cart did for Sammy, for sure. <laughs>
1: Uh, so that is some <laughs> payback From Candice to Shotzi uh, Somehow it seems like she blamed Shotzi for her loss uh, During last week's Halloween Havoc uh, When she was uh, facing EO Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship So we, it seems like we're going to be now be getting a, a program between Shotzi Blackheart And Candice LeRae, uh Which I am not mad at at all No uh, no
4: We
1: also had a segment uh, Between the Legado de Fantasma and Jake Atlas. Uh, It was earlier in the day when Legado de Fantasma was uh, coming into the arena, and uh, they were just very casual in their sharp suits coming in. uh, (laughs) When a car pulled up, and out came Jake Atlas. Um, And uh, I believe it was Raul uh, who first approached the car. When he did, Jake Atlas took out a bat um, and so took, took Raul out. And then after that, um confronted the rest of Legado de Fantasma but ended up uh taken taken off, going back to the car and taking off, so um, it seems like Jake Atlas is trying to even the odds in finding Legato outside of their comfort zone of the ring, um, which again plays on legato's strategy, the numbers game outside of the ring, yeah every time they take the action outside of the ring, that's when they're able to capitalize and and turn over the the flow of a match so yeah. uh, Seems like we're going to continue to get, uh, Jake Atlas trying to get to Santos Escobar, um, and the rest of Legado de Fantasma, um, in the future. But, you know, uh, again, very limited, uh, Lucha Libre action, but building up to some, you know, new storylines again with yes. Shotzi, um, and, and Candice LeRae and then a continuance of what we've seen, uh, with Legado de Fantasma and Jake Atlas.
3: Uh, so I wanted to say on the uh, Jake Atlas thing, I really liked how, to your point, that they kept Legato del Fantasma's thing of being good outside and the chaos outside the ring strong while making Atlas look good, because what mm-hmm. happened was, uh for those that didn't see the segment, uh, Atlas got the better of one or two of the guys, but when it came time for, like, Escobar he just stood there look, you know, they, he just stood there and looked at him and that's when atlas backed down like i you can only make speculation as to what atlas was thinking at the time like maybe this is the not such a good idea or maybe i've made my point who knows but that was when he backed down which left the legato del fantasma looking good like they didn't they didn't look like they got punked out by one no. guy even those they yeah. three guys they they got he got his licks in and he got out of there and i uh, really respected that uh, but they there was another segment that they that they built to that i don't were you gonna mention this one miranda you,
1: no go go ahead
3: <laughs> you knew i was gonna have to bring it up um mm-hmm. shia lee was backstage and uh uh, she demanded a match from Mr. Regal with Raquel Gonzalez. Yep. And oh, uh be awesome. right? <laughs> so, so 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 tiny bit behind the scenes, they both showed up at the performance center at the same time. So they probably worked out a lot together. Mm-hmm. And uh that that just spells out a chance for a really phenomenal match where hopefully they both get to really showcase how good they are and uh it's it's gonna be on television it's not going to be the next big feud because we're clearly building to Raquel and and Rhea Ripley too uh at some point down the road but you got to make her look good again before you do that or people are aren't gonna be into it so uh I uh just super excited I saw Mm -hmm. that that was the first clip I watched because I watched I watched AEW and, and catch the, catch, uh, NXT later.
4: Yes. Yeah, and,
3: <laughs> and that was the very first thing that I saw. Like, Google and YouTube know me so well that it was waiting <laughs> for me. Like, oh, okay. I guess I'm watching Siley Challenge, uh, Raquel Gonzalez and huh? I am going to watch it like three or four times because mm-hmm. I'm that excited.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah and and uh Rhea Ripley seems like she's going to be in a match with Io Shirai and so they're going to revisit that. So you're right. We we may have a separation or we are going to have a separation of Rhea and Raquel for now, but I I'm sure all roads will lead back to another match with them. Um and I think too it will be better suited for for Raquel. Um yeah. And, and, and hopefully she could win that. But, uh, yeah, lots of storyline building this week. It feels like it's kind of a little bit of a reset after Halloween Havoc. Um, so we will continue to, to see that. Um, and the next NXT TakeOver is scheduled for December. Um, Trying to remember the exact date. Uh, but we will be getting that uh, in just probably about six weeks, uh, less than that. So the next NXT takeover coming in December. Um, so again, we're going to be building up stories and programs to that. And don't forget that you can find the results for NXT, AEW, Raw, and SmackDown on luchacentral.com every week They uh, release the results um, and plus include some videos of the highlights of the night. So make sure that if you are um, wanting results, you need to know results, that you go to LuchaCentral.com.
3: That Aaliyah interview is on Lucha Central, too. So, uh, yeah, lots lots of of ways to get your Lucha. Lots
1: of ways, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Brennan, you are going to lead us next into some CMLL news.
3: Absolutely. Um, the much anticipated Ray del Inframundo event finally happened. Uh, it, it was a little more low key compared to previous years. Uh, probably something to do with, with COVID and, and like last minute prep, but we still got it. We still had all of the fun things. Uh, we had several wrestlers dragged to hell, which is, um, I mean. <laughs> Sounds harsh, but that's kind of one of my favorite parts. I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think that if they're gonna do this, the fans are are savvy enough that they could have the same guys come out and use different names, and that would explain why we only see that see like um, Mr. Bad Guy once a year, right? Like he he comes, <laughs> he loses, he goes back to hell. Like it's fine, you know. But. <laughs> it's
4: fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he tries every year, and he just can't get that break like Linus in a pumpkin patch. Right. Uh,
1: that's an analogy. <laughs>
2: um. So so
3: we had uh, five matches. Uh, one, of course, was uh, going to be our main event, Terrible and Euphoria, for the Ray Del Inframundo Championship. Uh, but we started off with uh, Chamwell and El Guapito against Atomo and Microman. And... Uh, this is, this is really good stuff. Like, those guys, uh, always put, put their, everything into these matches. I did enjoy this match a lot, even though the Rudos did take it. They won the first and third falls, so, uh, they, they seem to really like putting Chamwell in the winning position a lot, making him look stronger, even though he's also usually the biggest guy in the ring. So, um, uh, I don't know, maybe that's some Vince McMahon style booking <laughs> or something. But uh and then you had uh, you had uh, a you had a tag team match with uh, El Audos uh, out, yeah, Audaz, uh Espiritu Negro, and uh, Re Kamata against Dark Magic, Okamura and Ben Ellis. Um, this is unfortunately a very Friday night C M L matchup where they <laughs> they they take an established tag team and they throw somebody else in there and say, you'll do fine. And then they put, uh, they put you know, some, some adequate guys on the other side and you know who's going to win. And, and it's just not as exciting as it could be because of all of these elements where they just seemingly put no effort into it. But the, the rest, I, I, and I don't want to make that sound like the wrestlers. The wrestlers are still going 110%, and I love that. But this whoever's booking it and whoever came up with the idea of, like, let's just grab somebody from the locker room and throw them in with another tag team and call it good. Uh, just Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the, as you might guess, the Technicos won this and Falls 2 and 3. So Audaz, Spiritu Negro, Ray Kamada beat... Dark magic, Okamura and Vangelis. Uh, it was, you know, it's fun. It was fine. Uh, i I never going to complain about seeing Okamura dragged to hell. Uh, and then we had Reina Isis and Uvia for the Mexican women's title. This was Reina Isis's first defense. She uh, lost the first fall, then came back strong for the next two. Uh, again, this was for where the ladies' division has been at. This was a, a better match than uh, I was expecting, and and I'm happy for that. I really, really love that uh, the wrestlers that they're putting on television right now are definitely taking advantage of the opportunities to step up, even if they're in somewhat predictable matches. Uh, Angel, the, and then we had a, a six-man or trios match angel de oro forestro god i'm slaughtering this today i'm sorry nebula roja against negro casas sobranario jr and titan uh this was uh relevos incredibles match uh so you have technicos and rudos on the same teams that's why things sound a little weird with these names if you're paying attention to the CMLL line- lineups um uh, you uh, Angel De Oro for us for Astero and Nebula Roja managed to to get the win on this. Uh, this actually was more about the teams not working with each other than who who won and lost, which is booking that they did again last week with uh with the uh, with the the Guerreros teasing a breakup that we then didn't see much of, uh, or maybe that was two weeks ago. Now I'm losing track. Uh, but so you had people arguing with each other, shoving each other, uh, but then they did tag team moves. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was again, it was interesting. I, I was interested in, in this match more, more for the storytelling that might happen further down the line than the final falls. But, uh, yeah, Angel de Oro for, for Astro and Nebula Roja again came out on top on that one. And finally we had. Terrible and Euphoria for the Rey del Inframundo tournament. And, uh, this, this was, um, uh, so the Lucha blog guy and Rob Viper both were talking about this. This is, uh, an interesting matchup on paper because you have two guys that you almost never wrestle against each other, but they're used in almost exactly the same way the rest of the year, which is to make other people look good. And uh, that's kind of what happened. Was like nobody. They they both were trying to make each other look good by doing the things the way they normally do, and nobody really kind of shined on their own. Um Terrible won and and is the now the the new Ray del champion, and uh, it, was, it was it was very cool. And uh, as Terrible. The last faction that he belonged to was the Ingo Bernables. I was still a little excited for him on that. But, uh, you know, I, I, for me, it was, I was disappointed because there were so many other options in that CBernetico that were better. But it was, a, it's, again, it was a good match. It was a solid match and I did not hate it. Um, that was our CMLL event. As I mentioned earlier, we're not going to have any CMLLI pay-per-views for three weeks. And they're not going to be doing new, uh, YouTube stuff. So we will probably only be talking about interesting news and developments on, on, contracts for CMLL for a couple of weeks. And then I will have definitely have my excitement back when they, they come back. Cause it's what happened last time. They were gone for a while. I really missed it and I loved the heck out of that, that first show back. And, uh, that's, I'm expecting that's where I'll be at again when they come back. There it is. CMLL.
1: So, we may not be getting some CMLL for a little bit, but we are getting another promotion. Well, who's doing a restart? That's right. As we mentioned last week, MLW is returning uh, for their restart on Wednesday, November 18th. Um, their show is going to be on FUBU Sports and YouTube. And also, fans can catch it again on Saturday night's at 10 p.m. on BN sports channel. Uh, but this week, some big announcements came out of MLW as they started to announce some of the wrestlers that are going to be a part of the restart. And we got some really good lucha libre names in the mix with the first one who they announced, uh, was the Laredo kid. Um, and this was big because he's, he's just had yeah. a, an amazing, um, uh-huh. uh, an amazing career, of course, but also just, uh, recently too with, with AAA and, uh, Otto Luchas, uh, a really, really good match. And I really like how MLW is presenting, um, all of the wrestlers that they're bringing in, uh, at the rest, with the restart. Um, on social media, they've created these get to know, uh, pages Mm -hmm. for each wrestler. Um, and with the first one being Laredo Kid, if you are not familiar with, with his style or Lucha Libre, there's some really great pieces of information and a little bit of a teaser on there too, that we'll get to, um, but, uh, real quick, some of the other names that they've announced for it, um, as far as Lucha Libre related names are, Sh- uh, Zenshi and L.A. Park Jr., um, each of them with their own get to know you pages. Um, uh, but going back to, to Laredo Kid, um, it will list their fighting styles. So of course, that I did his fighting styles, Lucha Libre, hometown, nickname, status so it does list him as the triple A cruiserweight champion.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um his signature move, which is which is the Laredo six thirty. And then there's some interesting tidbits here. Uh and and they do these on purpose, uh, because you never know what's gonna happen. But uh they reference, uh, what's next for Laredo Kid. So one thing they mention is unifying the MLW world middleweight and AAA cruiser rate titles? Question mark, exclamation point. Mm-hmm. And what's next? Defend the AAA cruiser rate title in MLW, which leads also to some information that MLW, uh, announced, um, This week, uh, mentioning that Conan, who is part of MLW and the co-founder of AAA, is in talks with Kurt Bauer about possibly having the MLW uh, uh, titles as part of of the restart, the title defenses as part of the restart. Um, So it seems like MLW is teasing. We are going to get a AAA title defense um, at the restart. And what better way to do it with the Cruiserweight champion?
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, anybody on the MLW or AAA side being in a televised match for that championship is just instant tune-in from me. I already am going to be watching most of the MLW stuff, but I will go out of my way to see that live as it's happening because I don't want to (laughs) miss out on – yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, it is, Wednesdays are going to be a busy, busy night for people. Uh, <laughs> yep. you know, I just, just saying, it's going to be busy, but you know, it's definitely worth it. And it's again, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Fubu Sports and YouTube. Um, so that's a, a big advantage for people who may not, um, have access to, uh, either, uh, USA or TNT, um, having, MLW return on YouTube, uh, that, that's a good market to be yes. in. And of course, on, you know, catching it again on Saturday nights, um, on Be In Sports is, is also a great, um, uh, it's also just a great time slot, you know, for those who watch on Saturdays. But yeah, I mean, Triple A really starting, I mean, again, this was the first wrestler that was announced for the restart. So they really wanted to make a big impression with, uh, you know, th- this announcement and really putting some umph into the restart. Since then, again, they've released uh, a lot. The first three actually all were luchadors uh, with Zenshi and L.A. Park Jr. So that was also mm-hmm. kind of an interesting tidbit is that um, the first three wrestlers that they announced for the restart were all luchadors. The rest have been kind of mixed as far as their styles. And of course, you'll see some regulars as well. Um, people like, you know, uh, the open weight champion, Alex Hammerstone, the world heavyweight champion, Jacob Batu, Simon Gotch has been announced as well, um, Jordan Oliver. Uh, Joseph Samuel, so, uh, Tom Lawler, all of the, the, you know, names that you know in MLW, um, are, those names are being announced and released. But if you are a Lucha Libre fan, and you haven't watched MLW in quite a while, which, you know, again, for most of us, it's been a while. Uh, they are trying to capture your attention with the restart. So uh, make sure you check out the restart uh, coming up very soon on Wednesday, November 18th.
2: Yeah, looking forward to that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, well, you know, speaking of AAA, Dusty, you have some news uh, about Auto Lucha Dia de los Muertos.
2: Yes, yeah, this week we had the return of Auto a uh, big week for it, had a special theme for Dia de los Muertos. Um, I'm going to run through some of the results, I'm only going to review a couple of the matches so that we have time to kind of talk about the announcements at Auto Luchas. so here we go. Uh, in results, we had Hades and La Parquita defeating Lady Maravilla and La Parquita Negra. And it's important to know these are the mini versions, the junior versions, the La Parquitas. And then we had Lady Shawnee defeating La Hydra and Big Mommy after submitting La Hydra. Um Carta Brava Junior and La Parca Negra defeated Dinastia and Maximo. That was a great match. Oh, but yeah. the the match of the night for me was Laredo Kid defeated Miss Disease Jr. and Octagon Jr. This match is so good. Like, it wasn't quite as good as the singles match between Laredo Kid and Octagon Jr. from the previous auto luchas showing, but that's like saying this is a 95 instead of 100. It's still an A. It's just not an A+. Um, Miss Disease Jr. was the weakest link in this trio for me, but... He's also kind of the newest, and he's had the least exposure in the ring compared to these two, and that's he was still better than 95% of what you see. That's not counting him down at all. Steel sharpens steel, and he needs a chance to work with talent at this level to rise up to the level of Laredo Kid or Octagon Jr., and... I mean, Laredo Kid makes everybody look good, but these guys look incredible on their own. He's definitely rising up. I don't know if we'll see him get a new character or mask and kind of rise up out of the Miss Disease Jr. They uh,
3: they gave him that so he could rise up, so they're going to yeah. keep him as yeah. Miss Disease for a while. Like, that's, that's where I feel they're at. And, yeah, uh, that's but, kind
2: of go- what I was feeling. His investment in his look and his gear is top-notch so and and he's making a name under miss disease jr and so i think it'll really work for him but he's an amazing talent we're going to see more and more of him at the top of the card i think laredo kid is not a triple a guy he's an independent guy so they need more triple a guys with Mm -hmm. this level of talent and this disease jr could be that guy everybody should check this match out it's free on facebook watch and it is so good like it's a match of the year contender and definitely would be Lucha match of the year if it hadn't been for the previous outing between Laredo Kid and Octagon Jr. And then our main event, Chessman, defeated Tejano Jr. and Psycho Clown after fouling Tejano with a low blow. I'm not kidding, this is the best Psycho Clown match I've seen in a long time and maybe ever. And I He's say really that as a psycho clown fan. <laughs> like it is really I, good. He was just fantastic throughout the entire match.
3: I say this as a non-Psycho Clown fan. Like, this was a very enjoyable match with Psycho Clown in it.
2: <laughs> it like, was, yeah. The finish wasn't to my liking. There was an unmasking of Psycho Clown. A low blow foul on Tejano the ref didn't see. But everything else was fantastic. And it just makes me so excited for Chessman versus Piccano at TripleMania. Whenever... That happened and during the Auto Luchas Dia de los Muertos show, it was announced that uh, they were had some signings. Leo Rush, who is having a really big week this week, will be wrestling Mm -hmm. for AAA soon in addition to Carlito with his cousins Primo and Epico Colon. I'll talk more about Leo soon, but I think it'll be very interesting to keep an eye on AAA's North American ambitions in the near future. They're getting a roster of guys together who are both very talented and understand the American style, how to get the American promo over. And this is a sign of ambition that I'm excited about. Leo Rush doesn't do much to push your needle in Mexico, but there is a lot of name recognition. For Leo Rush in the United States. Mm-hmm. So I hope that this is kind of uh, branching out in a way. Triple Mania is still unofficially on December the 5th, and AAA didn't use this opportunity to announce any more shows. There's at least a month until the next show, then, maybe longer if Triple Mania has been postponed. <laughs> But AAA have been real serious when they talked about wanting to protect the talent from COVID-19 and it's just tough to tape matches in those situations and protect everyone. So I'm thinking that the lack of shows may be to build up some time in between now and then. So if anyone's ill, they can get healthy and that they'll probably Mr. Iguana mentioned in our interview that AAA was still paying everyone. So I think that they, we may find out they paid everyone to stay home and, you know, stay in their AAA bubble so that tri- Triple Mania pulls off.
3: That's what I was thinking. Is if you, they're de- taking the same three weeks off that CMLL is, then they're bubbling
2: so that they can
4: mm-hmm. do December
2: fifth uh, show. That's my thoughts exactly. So I'm really looking forward to that. A lot of big news for AAA there, even though there's not a whole lot of news in it. It's definite signs of optimism from AAA. And then we also had New Japan and smaller regional wrestling news. They're going to have the Super J-Cup tournament next month in the United States. It is going to be so good. It's an eight-man single elimination tournament airing live on December 12th on New Japan World. This year's field features former Lucha Underground and WWE stars, as well as wrestlers representing other promotions like MLW and Impact Wrestling Ring of Honor. Our lineup of entrants is TJP, ACH, Ray Horace, Blake Christian, Clark Connors, El Fantasmo, Dash and Chris Bay, and once again, Leo Rush. So that's pretty exciting. A huge part of Leo's appeal is his microphone abilities. And, you know, he I guess he asked for his release through WWE because of all the kind of backstage issues he had there. But I think he was very wise to bet on himself because now, just this week, it was announced he'll appear AAA, MLW, and New Japan. And so hopefully that kind of opens the door to AAA working with New Japan a little bit, or maybe we'll see more luchadors in Japan outside of the CMLL roster. We haven't seen AAA in Japan since the Star Battle, so it would be nice to see a lot of yep. co-mingling going on there. Um I really think, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited about Chris Bay personally, like so excited. Ray Oris is going to yeah. be, you knew him as El Dragon Azteca on Lucha Underground and you've seen the incredible things he's capable of. He is apparently a first cousin of Ray Mysterio, the Ray Mysterio we know and love and a nephew of Ray Mysterio Sr. and had the Ray Mysterio name for a while in Mexico. And so, I mean, These are top talent guys from the West Coast and the, you know, American Lucha scene. It's a little strange Mysterioso Jr. isn't thrown in. But then again, the talent and everything, he's not quite to that level yet. So I am so excited to see this. And like I say, I hope that it's part of a bigger build for both new Japan in the U S and new Japan kind of branching out with guys that work with other companies. Yeah. Cause it would be so nice to kind of see some of our AAA guys make appearances and new Japan. Interestingly enough, there's no dragon Lee mentioned from ring mm-hmm. of honor and there are, you know, other wrestlers from ring of honor. So mm-hmm. kind of interesting there and, you know, his contract situations up in the air. So that, Plays into a lot of it, like, just kind of exciting to see where things go. And New Japan may have some of the best Lucha content coming soon. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan with a broadband internet (laughs) click. It's true. It's true.
3: So uh, I I have a little bit of extra detail on Clark Connors for everybody because he's a Pacific Northwest-based wrestler or started out up here. Um, he, he did work out up here many times with, uh, the, our Lucha Libre Volcanica, our school for Lucha Libre up here. So he does have experience with it. It's not really something he's ever advertised himself as, and you're probably not going to see a lot of it, but, uh, because he's a strong boy, uh, he's probably a good matchup for, uh, like a Ray Orus or, a or a Leo Rush for somebody that can, that can base for them uh he and you know he left the area here to go to the new japan dojo which is how he got this invitation so uh he's he is a well-rounded wrestler that you could uh, you probably won't see him win his first match but you will see him look spectacular in it is kind of where i'm at on that and congratulations clark if you listen to this i'm I'm excited to see what you do
2: yeah that'd be awesome i excited to see that so cool that you have a connection there
1: This is a really diverse card, a very interesting card, too, as far as people from all different promotions and parts of of the independent scene. So this will be something that we will all keep our eyes uh, glued to over the next few weeks. Uh, But with that, we are moving on to This Week in Lucha Libre
2: History. Yeah, that's right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. For information, birthdays, anniversaries, match of the day, amazing videos, everything all about Lucha Libre at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week we have a special format for this week in Lucha Libre, so I'm going to hand off to Brendan to start us out this week.
3: Uh, Alright, so if you haven't guessed, the thing I was talking about at the beginning of the show is This Week in Lucha Libre, because This Week in Lucha Libre on November 6, 1994, the historic Worlds Collide pay-per-view happened in L.A., and, uh, to many, many people, uh, this is the beginning of Lucha Libre really expanding into the United States. Like, there'd been some dabblings. You probably saw, I mean, the WWF had luchadores performing, uh, in Texas for years before this, but, uh, they were, it was one-off events. This was a full pay-per-view event that we got that was co-promoted with, uh, with Eric Bischoff and WCW greasing the wheels to get them on American pay-per-view and then we got a full five-card match of AAA and their American partner the IWC the International Wrestling Council and they they came to play like this was Uh five amazing matches that you I mean uh everybody will recognize the 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 semi-main event which was a a tag team hair versus mask match between uh, Octagon and Hijo del Santo against uh, the, the La Pareja del Terror, which is Art Bar and Eddie Guerrero. Like that is the famous match, but that was only the co-main or the semi-main, however you want to put it. That's it. We, the main event was an even bigger match. We'll go over all of the matches in a second, but this, uh, I, I, I had mentioned that I've been looking forward to this. This was this exact event was my big break into Lucha Libre and, and starting to follow that. Uh Art bar had been a Pacific Northwest wrestler. I followed his career down to WCW and then uh he disappeared from the scene. It turns out that he had been in Mexico. Uh and and uh I found I found that out because we WCW had been on their weekly shows, had been doing little vignettes with Mike Tenay, who at this point was an unknown personality other than he was their resident expert on Lucha Libre <laughs> that <was> doing this. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. And uh, and then he and he would do little vignettes every week to introduce us to the Lucha Libre culture and as everybody well as most people know now that that led to him doing bigger and better things working with WCW on a full time basis and then working with other promotions after that um, yeah so this I mean everything about this event was huge this is the beginning uh, of the of luchadors working in promotions like ECW and and then moving on to the WCW uh, I I've yeah, I'm. I'm gonna stop rambling for a second. I'm gonna turn it back over to you guys because I know you guys wanna get some words in, Edgewise. So. Yeah. <laughs> um.
2: And and one thing we do wanna note is that this show is available completely. It's like not on the WWE network, but it's available on YouTube, completely free, the complete show. But I'm pretty sure whoever recorded it was like the one person who recorded it because it's on YouTube, and I swear, as the same VHS artifacts, it's like my tape traded coffee that I got like 99. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I think everybody had like one coffee
1: <laughs> Well I, you're right. I, I believe so WWE.com has some clips of it, but very, very brief. So mm-hmm. you get but you know, again the quality is is it's not as shaky, but it's definitely VHS. So
4: yeah. we yeah.
1: just we're just spoiled now. Uh,
3: but <laughs> it's still worth time. it. It's yeah. still yeah. worth yeah. it. Yeah.
1: It's still it's still worth it. I I mean To me, too, this was more of a learning experience because I definitely was too young to remember this, but also came in uh to lucha libre already when the relationship was more established with uh you know lucha libre and uh wcw and even ecw um uh, a little bit in there as well so this was very Mm -hmm. cool to see especially the classic eddie guerrero uh Mm -hmm. just that look you know everything he did before and we talked about it last week with you know uh his match with um
2: Rey Mysterio, Mysterio
1: yeah. at Halloween Havoc, but this is also kind of like the secondary classic Eddie Grohl look.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, yes.
1: And so that too I really liked from from this particular show. Um, and uh, even the showcase of the the minis with Mascaritas mm-hmm. and it that that, too. That was like, my
2: favorite match actually. Yeah. yeah. Minis match. And it was interesting to me how little they relied on the gimmickry of them being small. You think of the minis matches just being like minis matches, but these, this was an incredible tag team match that just happened to have short people in it. Mm -hmm. And it was also one of the hottest feuds. Mascarita Sagrada and Espectrito had been feuding back in CMLL. Uh, Mascarita Sagrada was the first champion, the world minis champion. So Espectricito had had, um, you know, quite a feud with him, and so like this wasn't just a mini's match to open the show. This is one of the hottest matches they had to open the show.
3: And I mean, yeah, it's you want an opener that's that's grabbing everybody's attention, and it absolutely did. Like, I, it overperformed on everybody's expectations, I guarantee. Except for probably Sagrada and Espectrosito, you know, who probably, being massive perfectionists, were disappointed. <laughs> yeah.
2: and the charisma like holy cow like I had seen matches with these guys but aside from this I hadn't seen like a whole lot of um, Espectrito. as Espectrito, he became known as Tarantula in the WWF people might be more familiar with that but his charisma in the ring is awesome like he is really cool he did the face paint instead of the mask because he'd already been unmasked at this point and, mm-hmm. like, it was awesome. Like, he, yeah, I really loved the minis match. And it was surprising how excellent it was. Surprising amount of high flying for a minis match, too.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were all over. The, and some brawling. I mean, they uh-huh. had everything in this.
2: Yeah. They really did, yeah. And I loved the Rudos. They used their strength and their size to their advantage, but the Technicos, Masquerida Sagrada, and Octagoncito, they were able to use their talent and their speed and just their knowledge of wrestling to win, and that was cool. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's definitely always a contender for one of my favorite
3: matches on this card, which is five of my favorite matches of all time <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
4: hard it's stacked
1: it. hard i mean overall the reception of this not only now historically but at the time was really really positive yeah. and i think that that's also why it seemed to have opened the door for lucha libre to a wider american audience is because uh i definitely agree this was one of the first times that on a larger scale um it was lucha libre was presented and the performances of each in each of the matches were done so well that I think it was just hard to deny Lucha Libre as just a, an art form, as this other segment of wrestling that fans didn't know about but wanted to see and very yeah. different than the product that was already out there, you know, with WWE and even uh W C W. So mm-hmm. um I think just Historically, when I think about this and and what we're talking about in this week in Lucha Libre history, it really is a, a historical pay per view, yeah. but also just really good. Um, and it wasn't like too overwhelming too. Like five matches. Of this in general now is just seemed like you know literally a Tuesday, you know, or a Friday night or a Wednesday night. But I feel yeah. like the fact that they didn't <laughs> overwhelm the card with too many matches. Um, especially because that tag match was so long, um, played to to the strength uh, of the event as well.
3: So so to your point, though, everything had plenty of time to play out. The only one I don't have a time stamp for is the main event, but the shortest match was eight minutes, which Mm -hmm. was the opener. And that was plenty of time for them, because they were moving at such a pace if they'd gone for ten minutes, somebody would have probably had a heart attack yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then the longest match on the other night was twenty two minutes, which is was the the tag team uh apuestas match, yeah. so oh. they gave it all time to breathe and and uh, plenty of time to to really let people get the feel for this and then again, you had Mike Tanay explaining the differences like why they do this in lucha versus what we're seeing in american style so good i just love that like it was awesome
1: and and the fact that they brought that in to wcw on that long-term basis and he really became the voice for lucha libre in a way that was very approachable that was direct that was respectful, you know, like, I will just always give kudos to Mike Tenet. Um I think mm-hmm. he was always looking at kind of that third man out, uh, because he wasn't, you know, as dynamic maybe as, as Bobby the Brain Heaton um, and Tony Schiavone took a lot of the lead. Um, but Mike Tenet always just uh, addressed Lucha Libre with such respect and class, and just but also informative and engaging that yeah. you know it's it's one of my best memories as when I watched it as a kid at in w c w um his his voice really helped project mm-hmm. and convey the the way that it should have been and so yes. uh, just it just, just
2: yeah. sounds right too yes. like when you hear his voice with wrestling like it just sounds right you yeah. know you, as soon as you hear it tonight you're like oh I want to see this no matter mm-hmm. what it is yeah. and yeah i i loved that so we talked about the
3: first match um the second match was uh, a six man Which had its own interesting, very kind of lucha twist to it. With, (laughs) with, uh, Fuerza Guerrera, Madonna's boyfriend, who you might know better as Luis Piccoli, and Psicosis against a 19 year old Rey Mysterio Jr., heavy metal and the Latin lover. Right?
2: And they mentioned Um, how young he was in this too. Like that was awesome. Yeah.
3: That's how I know he's 19 because (laughs) today you could you could not have told by the way he moved in that ring or the way he acted. I would have thought he was just the same age as everybody else and not the this shiny new face that was about to just explode. Um, they did they did predict in this that one of these men was going to be the face of Lucha Libre for years to come. And I don't think they even really were thinking to the scale that Rey Mysterio became, but, uh, Oh
2: yeah. He's, he's arguably (laughs) the most famous Luchador of all time now. just because of the omnipresence of WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh,
3: so, so, uh, you had, you had Rey Mysterio and Sicosis on opposite sides of this, which became the feud that, that, uh, ECW brought, brought with them when they showed up a year later in ECW. You had, uh, Heavy Metal, who was, uh, the son of one of the referees here and, and kind of the big force going. I mean, this was just all kinds of things here. Uh, Guerrero. Yeah, Guerrera and Luis Piccoli and Sicosis were ostensibly the bad guys, but this wasn't really like an American babyface versus heel sort of style. Like they were they were willing to cheat, but they were just as willing to fly around and put people in Yave. <laughs> yeah, and I mean,
2: it was oh, yeah. there's. There's a spot where Spicoli or Madonna's boyfriend picked up <laughs> Rey Mysterio and throws him into the fourth row of the yes. audience. And like, and that's not yeah. even the biggest or the best spot of the match. And you're like, no. what's going This is so good. Like the, they, I think that everybody went into it trying to steal the show and show America what they could do. And so mm-hmm. the quality level in this is just insane. Yeah. And,
3: yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then I've just. So we talked last week about Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, and I mentioned just how fast both of those guys were moving there. Um, I literally missed, like, looked away for a half second, and I missed <laughs> Rey Mysterio moving completely across the ring and then outside the ring. Like, that was <laughs> – somebody said hi to me or something, and I looked back, and he was outside the ring, and I had to rewind because I'm like, what the happened here? So, yeah just amazing amazing to watch that this was this was much more of a let's see what we can do in that great lucha libre way that happened than uh than some of the other matches that were on the card and and yeah yeah uh,
2: this was just nonstop too yeah. like, i don't know how they kept going the whole time the way they did the, it was, it's a six yeah.
3: man match and it's uh, it was 12 minutes and 45 seconds so basically they all worked for about two and a half minutes. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, that's that's the only way I can think of it. It's amazing stuff. Um, oh, it's
2: so good.
3: Our next one was a complete change of pace. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, The Pegasus Kid, two, score, two Cold Scorpio, and Tito Santana. They were very clearly announced as representing IWC and being uh, very American. And even though this show was in L.A., it was a very pro Mexico crowd, so they were not they got a very mixed reaction and they were in there against Jerry Estrada, La Parca, and the Blue Panther. And the storytelling in this was very different too. Mm-hmm. Um it I mean, I'll let you guys talk about this one a little more. I, I, I'm a big Blue Panther fan. I was disappointed as uh as a story to point that he didn't get to do more Blue Panther like things,
2: but Yeah uh, it it was cool to see Tito Santana for me. Uh, you know he he hadn't been on a pay per view appearance since SummerSlam 1992, so this was the first time he'd been on a pay per view in a couple of years. And the announcers even told us that despite his Mexican heritage, he'd spent most of his time working in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and that meant he was the one least familiar with the lucha libre style. So they really set it up as lucha libre versus American yeah, style. They did. Um, but the real story of the match was that there was a lot of issues between La Parka <laughs> and Jerry Estrada. they just uh-huh. they couldn't get along. they fought over which one of them was going to get the pin to cold Scorpio and, and you know neither one of them did in the end, and I mean yeah it was just interesting and La Parka refused to take tags, which I thought was, yeah yeah
3: very was a classic. Prelude to the L.A. Park of the future, by the yeah. way. Yeah,
4: <laughs>
2: yeah a very interesting glimpse into L.A. Park in this one. And, yeah, it was just, yeah, I mean, like, I thought it was interesting that they, you know, we were still early enough that they build Chris Benoit as Pegasus Kid. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. we were early enough into that that it was, you know, before he was a known entity. And mm-hmm. the reversal he got on Blue Panther's Powerbomb to win the match for his team was pretty impressive. Like I would have rather seen blue Panther win big fan of blue Panther as well. Right. (laughs) But it was, yeah, a pretty great match, you know, very good match. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, I, I, it's probably the least remembered match on the show. Um, yeah,
1: I think it's because you had a little bit more of that uh, American side too. And I mm-hmm. didn't realize this, but I guess Scorpio Too Cold Scorpio was with WCW up until not that long before this show ran. So
4: yeah. um
1: he wasn't he wasn't uh on contract with WCW but participated in this and I guess also the the show that they did uh the collision in Korea that they did the, the year after. Um mm-hmm. so um that in and of itself, but also because I think out of everybody on that uh US side, he in some ways makes the most sense. Um, because he just has more of that hybrid style um, of yeah. wrestling, and, and and that's just very you know apparent in this too. But also it was interesting to see Tito Santana, who you know is Hispanic and synonymous as a Hispanic wrestler, but not mm-hmm. so much in, in Lucha Libre. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a more of an American wrestler, so there was just some of those t- dynamics for me that I was just more uh, apparent uh, and and observed or just in this dynamic of the match but i definitely noticed how different it was from the the previous one uh much more of a slower pace because of the fact that you just had more of those american wrestlers but it, i think it ended
3: up working very well and it was a nice sort of uh
2: cool off before. yeah a
1: break because then <laughs> yeah. groupers, you know
3: and then after oh my there. gosh
2: yeah yeah the tag team yeah match yeah that's
3: that's the and match
2: that- everybody remembers
3: 22 minutes of just insanity, uh, and I'm going to quote Matt Farmer, noted historian, uh, the best second fall in the history of second falls. I mean,
2: and I,
3: <laughs> I've I've attempted to take that challenge, and I can't think of anything that that comes close. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that yeah, that's pretty accurate, actually. Yeah.
3: If you fans haven't seen this, you can find this match individually in a number of places, including on Lucha Central. It is uh, going to be a the match of the day on the day this goes up. So uh, absolutely, if you don't have the two hours to watch the whole card and you haven't seen this tag team match yet, you really should yes. do yourself a favor and go watch it. And if you have watched it, but you haven't watched it in a while... My God, watch it again because there's things you probably forgot about. They they cover a
2: lot of ground in that match. They they really do. It's it's a rare double of waste match, double hair mm-hmm. versus double mask. Yeah. Octagon and Elio del Santo with Blue Panther kind of mm-hmm. as their ring man versus the La Paria del Terror, Love Machine Art Bar and Eddie Guerrero with Madonna's boyfriend in their corner. Mm-hmm. And like, this was, oh, it's such a good match. It, it was probably the match of the year back then. um We didn't see wrestling like this back then. What you no. saw in WCW, WWF was not this.
4: Yeah. And no. the
2: crowd was, I mean, insane. Oh, like, they could not have been more <laughs> invested in this match. And they hated Eddie Guerrero and Art yeah. Barr But they also loved Octagon and Io Del Santo. Like, they, yeah. they it, perfect crowd. I mean, yeah. like. And LA it, would have burned if they if that <laughs> guys. Oh yeah, have, they despised they Guerrero and Art Bar. Like it was, it was incredible. The atmosphere was electric. Like it was so cool, and the action in the match is so technical and perfect and crisp and just amazing. But the drama with the Apuestas and everything you know like it was just so good so to uh to the a point that
3: Conan made and we've referenced a couple of times uh apuestas matches are big payoffs on this and also in this week in lucha libre history is a match from a year before where octagon and hio del santo took the titles off of la de del terror so that tells you that they've been were building to this match for at least a year, and this was the payoff for it. And again, they gave us the payoff on this this kind of risky American invasion instead of putting it in a triple A AAA show. So they they had a lot of faith in this, and it, it paid off big time. Because yeah. I mean, the, you I cannot name a person that does not remember this match that says they're a lucha libre fan. Like they they all talk about this match. Yeah. Uh, and this was, again, I want to point out, this was only the semi-main because you had an even bigger match yeah. in the main event. Uh, we had Paraguayo and Conan in a cage, and it had all the twists and turns of a long-term feud in this. Conan was still part of uh the the evil uh, non-Mexican faction. Yeah, and her, he,
2: he had he was Which the hated know. Conan and the yeah. much loved Paraguayo. They said yeah. that like a hundred times on the page yes.
4: review.
3: <laughs> Once again, Tane's voice told us that. And, and because it was Tane <laughs> saying it, we believed it. And I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. There's not a lot you can say about this. I mean, you had so much going on. You just need to watch this match as you, you, really, you yeah. had, you have, you have good guys you have bad guys invading you have good guys coming out to chase them away you have brass knocks you have uh all the any, anything you've ever seen in a cage match probably happened in this match <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> but it didn't feel like overkill either like no. you know because in a case where you have so much happening it didn't feel like overkill
3: no not at all no, no they- it was yeah. well paced. And and by the end, you were so elated when Pero Aguaya won that, you know, I mean, it was it was fine. Like all of it was fine, even though you were terrified just two minutes before that. <laughs>
2: It's true, though. That's exactly how it is. Like, yeah. And, like, Perro, I mean, he looks like he's been in Steel Cage, match when it's <laughs> over, too. Like, yeah. I, I mean, like, and then afterwards, there's, like, action on the outside, and, and I was like, well, somebody get Perro a towel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This was an incredible there was no filler in the entire show. Yeah. Every match was of the highest quality. Like I say, the double hair versus double mask match was easily the highlight of the night, if not yeah. the highlight of the whole year in American wrestling. Um you you've just gotta see that. It was the last major appearance, maybe the last televised appearance period for Art Bar.
3: It was yeah. the last yeah, it was the last was. televised
2: appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, like Eddie for years and years did the frog splash afterwards, you know, and does a Mm -hmm. memorial to art bar. And like, this is your best chance to see what all that was about.
1: And so that uh, brings us to the end of this week's special, uh, this week in Lucha Libre history. Uh, This was, again, a different spin to it, but because this event was uh, one that, of course, not only Brendan um, really (laughs) anticipated in talking about, it really... Really had an effect on Lucha Libre in, in the American audience and in the American scene. Um, mm-hmm. One that we all thought it would be great to discuss together. So, uh, of course, there was lots of other events that happened throughout this week in Lucha Libre history. Again, you can go to luchacentral.com to check out this day in Lucha Libre history, and you could see uh, information about all the events that happened, plus some videos that are also available um, through the Lucha Central. Uh, YouTube page and luchacentral.com. Uh but Brendan, I mean you could tell us more about LuchaCentral.com, can't you?
3: Absolutely. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of this, it's free, which is really what I need right now.
2: Free. Mm -hmm. We could all use a little free in
3: our (laughs) (laughs) lives. Right? Yeah, you want more Lucha Libre for free, luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
4: Well,
1: while you're at it, uh, we had the finals of the Ring of Honor Pure Tournament. Um, So, of course, let us know what happened.
3: (laughs) I feel like I... Feel like I bullied you guys into some segments here now. No, we're
1: doing... well, I mean, i think tell us what happened. Many of us know we have the internet, no, <laughs> but I mean, no, I'd like I to just, hear from you. I
3: what? just feel we're doing two segments of of oh my God, these are things that I pushed for right right back to back. But, well, um...
1: one of them uh, <laughs> I, I'm helping out with a little bit, so
3: yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. Um, R O H pure. Finals happened this week, and uh, as I mentioned last week, it was a live event. We could all live watch it, and, and I had fun with that. They started off with uh, with a non-pure rules match, which was uh, it was still a good ROH product, but not what I'm I'm here for. So I'm going to go straight into this. We had the finals for the pure tournament with Jonathan Gresham and Tracy Hot Sauce Williams, and uh, the story of this match going into it, they set this up. Jonathan Gresham had, had used two rope breaks and had wrestled for, uh, a significantly longer period of time than Gresh- than, than Williams did in the whole tournament. So like he had one match go to, go the duration. He, he had used only two rope breaks through the whole tournament. Uh, they were, so basically the story was if this goes long, it favors Gresham. Uh, if Hot Sauce uses, forces Gresham to use rope breaks, he's playing into Hot Sauce's game. And that, that may be the, the story of that. So we got all of that. We, uh, it's, it, uh, Hot Sauce will manage to make him use a rope break very early in the match. And then another one shortly after that. And then, you saw the third one and you started to believe maybe this is going to be a hot sauce pure title right like you're that's where where you're going and then uh out of nowhere he hit the Gresham hits a really tight looking submission and uh Williams tapped and that was it like it was sudden it was it was out of nowhere but it was also after it had ticked past the 10 minute marker which is where they were saying Gresham was favored at so Kind of everything they laid out for us happened and it all happened in a great way. Uh, they started off exchanging holds and, and, and went back and forth in, in in kind of a classic, uh, folk style is what they call like the high school amateur style. And then they, they sped up a lot faster. And I mean, it's just a phenomenal. It's, it's a match of the week for me. Like nobody else had had a product that had me this entranced uh, as is this match so uh if you're an old school classic lucha grappling fan this is definitely a good match for you to watch i don't think i've spoiled anything by telling you even though it came out of nowhere uh you the story of how you get to gresham winning the pure title is is fantastic and the the match that happens is is uh, superb, but uh, there, there you have it. Congratulations to the octopus, Jonathan Gresham, on being the ROH peer
4: Champion.
1: Seems like too. We have a new faction that came out of uh, his new title uh, of this title win. Uh, I, I,
3: <laughs> I guess they're a new faction. They, it's kind what? of. A,
1: I mean, as I say, I guess. I mean,
3: like, can you? It's, it's kind of a revival of, of, uh, things that have happened in other places on the Andes, but a lot of these guys that were kind of grapplers gravitated to, to being in a, in a group together. Um, and, and so now I think they're going to call themselves the foundation, but it's, you're going to have Gresham and Hot Sauce and, um, a, a couple more of those guys that were in this pure tournament kind of, standing up for this is what we think ring of honor should stand for and they're gonna probably be uh taking that that pure style out into the wild as it were and facing off with some of those brawlers and and rule breakers that roh had been kind of having a lot of in the prior to the to the COVID break so i'd look forward to seeing how that plays out too that should be very exciting
1: well, we are going to finish this week's show uh, with a review of Primetime Live from the United Wrestling Network. This is great for especially all of you West Coast wrestling fans. Um, if you are not a West Coast wrestling fan, then you need to be watching this. It's every Tuesday. You can get it on Fight TV app and apparently now on DirecTV. Uh, but you can see, uh, I mean, we're going to be talking about someone we just talked about not that long ago, um, and a few other great matches. Brendan, uh, what, what happened on primetime live since I already asked oh. you about ring of honor? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my goodness. So this, this one I don't feel guilty about because you and I both love watching primetime live. Yeah. So I know you got me on this one. Uh, we started off with, uh, Miranda Alizé and Heather Monroe. Uh And and uh, they actually started at a very lucha opening with this. Uh, the the I was a little surprised to see to see that. But then the announcers reminded me that Heather Monroe is a graduate of the Santino Brothers Academy. Yep. So, you know, that. That Joey Chaos is not gonna let you out of there without learning a little bit about lucha. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah.
1: If if you are from Santino Brothers, you know some lucha. That, especially too that that part of California. That's that's yeah. where some cow. So that's very much. Even, even I would say, you know, within California, the the more that you are in Southern California, the more the influence is. I know it's it's also there in. in uh central and northern california especially central i would say but northern california maybe not as much but uh yeah absolutely if you especially if you go to a school in in you know uh central to southern california you you it's just mm. you can't escape it
3: and uh i mean just you know santino brothers used to list blue demon as a teacher so if he came north of the border to teach people he wasn't uh, going to do it to waste his time so yeah yeah, no. yeah. Uh, so Heather and Miranda were ex- Miranda Lee's, not our Miranda. I mean, no, I'm she- not. I'm not trained. <laughs> uh, they were exchanging some lucha stuff. They started off very technical. And um, if you're familiar with Heather Monroe matches, you know that that's not gonna last very long. Once she realizes that they, that she could probably get uh, just as good a result out of punching somebody in the face, that's what she's gonna do uh and so it kind of kind of degraded from there if you're talking about from a technical point but from an excitement point it kicked way up um and then uh eventually uh it, heather was able to pull out what she calls a bad bitchinoku, which is a really <laughs> scintillating yeah. Uh, is great looking Michinoku driver and she got the win with that. Uh, very, very cool match. I, I love more. We talked last week about Miranda Lee's hybrid lucha style and now Heather Monroe's coming out with a hybrid lucha style. So the ladies division in the UWN's primetime live is really kind of bringing the lucha home. So don't, do not sleep on this program. If you are a lucha fan, you don't know where it'll come from. And, uh, so going into the week, the card looked very different than what we got. Yes, and this yes. next match is a good example of that. So Leo Rush, who we talked about several times tonight, showed up and he was wrestling against Fidel Bravo, who, uh, is, uh, is a very Lucha influenced wrestler as well. Mm-hmm. He's wrestled under a great number of, uh, names and, and gimmicks. Uh, all of them have been about his heritage, though, so he's uh, he's very proud of of having a kind of a lucha heritage, and and uh, that was so it was really neat to see him show up, uh, even though we kind of knew that Leo Rush was probably going to run circles around him because he's trying really hard to make his his big comeback right now and this was kind of a setup for that so he's they're promising to have leo rush back Uh, i look forward to it and i'm super excited to have seen fidel bravo on on uh, prime time live uh keep your eyes on on uh, on him he will be a another big one to see in the future and i mean if you don't know by now to watch leo rush then what are you doing really <laughs> and then another huge change, and this is the one that actually had me, uh, kind of saying some bad things to nobody in particular in my, in my room, but, uh, cause I didn't see it coming. And as soon as I did, I was, I was shocked and amazed. We had Rocky Romero and Sean Devari in the, the uh, tournament mm-hmm. for the, their heavyweight title. So, I mean, Lucha fans again just crazy this is a crazy matchup for you You have Rocky Romero whose early days are in CMLL where he really started to make a name for himself it was down in Mexico before he went to Japan and then you have Sean Davari who was kind of a WWE guy but when he was done with that where did he show up Lucha Underground so i mean you know you yeah. can't you can't go wrong with this yeah. with with that pairing and they had a they had a fantastic match and uh Daivari actually came out came out on top of on that yeah, one. Yeah, that event. was a surprise. So,
1: have to, you have yeah. to a surprise <laughs> because Rocky Ramer too has been a, a pretty a regular staple in the United Wrestling Network. Uh-huh. Um he he wrestled a lot for championship wrestling from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um and so it, you would kinda think that he was gonna be a shoe in, but um yeah. you know, the, the yeah, fact that Sean were- Devari won.
3: Right. They were putting Rocky Romero over as one of their guys for sure. They mentioned that he won the, the PP3 cup. For those of you that don't know, that's Percival Pringle the third. Uh, that, so they, they just shorted it down to the PP3 cup and that's their, their version of money in the bank. And he won that. And that was, uh, that led to him having one of their, their belts. He's, they said they were portraying him to Miranda's point here about, uh portraying him as being the local guy and he's the bigger name. Let's be honest. I I I had to yes. look up which Davari w- was in the ring to be positive I was <sighs> talking about the right one, but everybody knows who Rocky Romero is. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting, exciting stuff. So the tournament has been turned on its head. Primetime Live is is giving us a nice little upgrade at the last second without telling us, which tells me That I can't stop watching it. I can't just rely on the fact that it's gonna, they're gonna stay at the same level. They're gonna keep adding more and more big names and big matches. Yes,
1: yeah. So make sure you tune in to the United Wrestling Network's Primetime Live. Again, you can find that on uh, the Fight TV app and apparently on DirecTV uh, every Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. And with that, well, we've made it to the end of another episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's show. Make sure that you check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre, and you follow Lucha Central on social media. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Lucha Central, and you can find them on Twitter at Lucha Central.com. Of course, you got to check out the YouTube page. There's a Lots of matches and interviews uh, that are available to you. Uh, And, uh, again, lots of hidden gems on there. So make sure you check out the Lucha Central YouTube page. And, well, while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you on social media?
2: Yes, I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy, and I am on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And
1: Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am
2: 321 T shirt guy. That's
3: 321 the numbers, t-shirt spelled out, guy. And I'm on I'm on Instagram. I logged in twice this week. I feel like I that's an accomplishment for me. <laughs> um I'm on – I've got Facebook and and Twitter. Twitter is where I spend a lot of my time. Uh, Wrestling Twitter this week has been a lot of fun, and uh, please drop me a line if you're on Twitter. I will even uh, take messages for Miranda. We haven't mentioned that in a while, but
1: yes, that's, that's also true. <laughs> because I, Miranda Morales, am not on Twitter, uh, so you won't be able to find me there. So you can go and message Brendan at three two one T-shirt guy. Uh, but me, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda hashtag spelled out. And while you are following us on social media, feel free to leave us a message. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, and you can also do that through your favorite podcast streaming platform. So make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review our show you can subscribe, and you can get alerts letting you know when this show drops every week. You can rate us. We love a five-star rating. Uh, uh-huh. And also you can leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the show. Give us some ideas on topics that we can focus on in the future, and any just random and general thoughts you may have about the show and the state of Lucha Libre. So make sure that you do all of those things, because well, we'd love you to do it. But More importantly, make sure you come back next week to listen to the next episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. We do this every week, letting you know what's happening in the world of Lucha Libre. So for Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week.